My fellow students, distinguished faculty and alumni, this is Molly Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick and I'm joined by Robert Brokamp and Diana Yoakum. It's May, flowers are blooming, birds are singing, and college students are throwing their mortarboard caps into the air as they step into the abyss of adulthood. (laughs) (laughs) What's the first step? It's a doozy. (laughs) So today we're going to give our very best money advice for college grads, which includes learning from some of our mistakes. If you are forced to listen to this show by an elder, someday you will thank them, maybe even with a written note. Like your mom always tells you to do. <laughs> so listen to her. Yeah? Do the, yeah. Can, can, can kids still write? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I barely can write these I know. days. My kids, my kids have still had to learn handwriting and cursive and all that. I was, I was heartened to see this. Oh, yeah. good. I'm sure all three of us learned how to type on a typewriter. Oh, oh yeah. that's, as that's the truth. I got a typewriter for my high school graduation. Speaking of graduation, that was my present, a typewriter. And look at all the great novels that came out of <laughs> That's that. That's right. Great pieces you, of literature. you type for a living, really. I do. I do. See, it was an important skill to have. Yeah, it was important. All right, well, like I said, we're going to offer, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, try to keep track, pieces of advice. We graduated from college a long time ago, so we can't count anymore. I can't anymore. count anymore. I used to use a calculator. Um, and the first piece of advice comes from Dear Auntie Wet Blanket. Take it away, Diana. <laughs> Well, kids, <laughs> my piece of advice is to live like a pauper for as long as possible. Live like the poor college student in that grimy basement apartment you shared with five guys eating ramen and drinking no-name no beer. We talked about this before. It's Oli and hams, and that, that's what you're drinking. Right, right. Uh, because you've gotten used to that lifestyle. And you're not going to make a lot of money. No. In fact, the average uh, college grad in 2013 made $45,000. Right. Which, by the way, is like Scrooge McDuck money compared to what I made uh, I, when I graduated from college. Yeah. yeah. I looked that up. Actually, I saw 48000 I was surprised at that. So I'm kind of, I, I'm a little surprised, too, but inflation and all that. Yeah. I made $17,500, and I think I had to, like scrounge and beg for that final $500. Well, I had Scrooge McDuck money compared to you because I was making 28 Oh, man. Yeah, I'm closer to 17 Yeah, so, well, we're old. <laughs> but but the point here is that, that there is there's this law. Robert looked this up the other day, and it's called Parkinson's Law. And the idea here is that your expenses rise to meet your income. So this happens to everyone. Um, all throughout your life, it's called the hedonic treadmill. You get what you want, uh, you get used to a certain lifestyle, and then you crave more. You want better, bigger, faster, more speeds, right. and bells you, and you whistles. You buy a new house and you think, wow, there's no, I don't have any furniture to fill this house. And then the next thing you know, you're like, we need a bigger house. Right, to fit all this <laughs> great furniture from right. Value City. So the idea here is really just to keep keep your life small. Live small for as long as possible. and save that money uh, that hopefully you'll, you're able to live on. We'll talk about that a little bit later, Yeah, what to is, do with it. This is a piece of advice from Allison's mom. It's what she always did, was she determined how much her hourly take-home pay was, and then whenever she wanted to buy something, my darling mom would sit and think, okay, it, it takes me an hour 
to make $15, let's say, and this sweater is $65, so I would have to work more than five hours. I'm not doing the math right, but whatever. And that's <laughs> and that's before tax, right? And I mean, well, so I tried to do some math, so I'm going to need your help on this to make sure I did. Not to be like I'm such a Malibu Stacy, but seriously, I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the patience for math. I can do math, but I just get really bored and don't want to bother being accurate, so I'm going to need your help here. But assuming that the college grad did make $45,000 a year, so how you figure out your annual salary into an hourly salary is a rule of thumb is just divided by like two thousand, and then that gets you to twenty two dollars. But that's before taxes and whatever you're contributing to your four hundred one k. More on that later. Yeah. So then, I mean, what you're left with is I don't know, like maybe seventeen dollars an hour, which is how much like at some bars in D.C. a single cocktail costs. <laughs> right. right. So, if you want, if you want top shelf and the umbrella, right. And like some ice that was chipped off of an iceberg and shipped directly in peace. So with a gold ice pick. Yeah. So I'm I'm talking about this for too long. But the point is, is if you're a college grad, stop and think before you buy something really expensive, stop and think, okay, how many hours would I have to work to to pay for this? And it's pretty sobering. I actually like Allison's mom's rule of thumb there. Uh-huh. My mom is very good with money. Go go Sherry. All right, next piece of advice comes from Robert Brokamp because chances are in America, if you're a college student graduating this May, you are being saddled with a lot of student debt. Right, and the, the average is around $30,000, but some people it's as high as six figures. And uh, there are so many ways to approach this. So the main piece of advice is just to be educated and to know about your options. Plenty of resources out there, studentaid.ed.gov. Um, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's website. They have all kinds of tools where you just put in the types of loans you have. They might ask you what your income is, and then it'll give you options. There's some more uh, income-based repayment plans, some situations in which you can get uh, loans forgiven or forbearance if you join, like AmeriCorps or the Peace Corps or FEMA Corps. Did you know there was a FEMA Corps out there? STEM Corps for science, technology, engineering, and math. Allison. I'm telling you, I can do math. I just don't enjoy it. Right. So um, there are all kinds of different options. So just become educated about those. Um, some employers will actually help you pay off some of your student loans. So that's something to look for as you're looking for a job. Um, we so, could probably do a whole episode. I mean, we could. We couldn't probably. We could do a whole episode on advice for paying off student loans. Right. And uh, one thing that I think is completely underappreciated is selling your body for science, of course. You can take part in clinical trials and make some decent money. And I'm not just joking. There actually is. You could call. <laughs> you could call one eight seven seven. Oh no. Med Hero. Find out if there's a clinical trial in your area. I did this when I was in my 20s. This is how I got some money. This is how I got my wisdom teeth pulled for free. I totally recommend. So what's it. the weirdest thing they ever did to you for science? Um, I used to be a woman, and uh, <laughs> no, no. no, it was um some pain medication. I'm not loving this advice. Take some drugs that you may or may not need. It was at the NIH. I mean, it's got to be safe, right? Of course. This is getting pretty bad if we're like plasma donations. <laughs> there, solved it. The end. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right. Our next piece of advice comes to us from a woman who likes to create create artwork with doll heads and toy <laughs> instruments. So, so Diana, that piece of advice is: don't be in a hurry to grow up. Right. Play with your toys or dismember them and attach them to other things. We'll have to post a picture of one of your creations on the website. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Which is fool.com/slash/answers/slash/podcast, by the way. Slash, look at this. Slash, <laughs> look at this. Slash, the horror. <laughs> slash. No, it's kind of cute, actually. Uh, but 
seriously, channel your inner kid. <laughs> and, and here I'm talking about hold on to your student ID. After you graduate, you can still get those discounts if you're just out of college. But another thing is um, stay on your parents' insurance policy for as long as possible because if they're going to be, you know, generous and kind to you, that's a great gift. Saves you a lot of money. And you can do this until age 26 when you've now really got to grow up and get your own insurance. So that's a pretty <laughs> good rule of thumb, actually. At age 26, get your act together. Get your act together. Yeah, you like that, Mark actually. it on the calendar. I like that. That's your D-Day. So yeah, so that advice was mooch like a child. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robert, what's the next piece of advice for our recent college grads? Well, it's uh, do awesome things while you can. Um, you probably have had some visions of working overseas, seeing exotic places, doing things that may not make a lot of money. And I really think once you graduate from college, Assuming you are not overburdened by debt, that's the time of life to do it. So my actually one of my first jobs out of college was the Teacher Service Corps um, for the Archdiocese of Washington D.C. Bunch of there are like fifteen of us living in an old convent and uh, working in inner city schools in Washington. They paid for our graduate degrees to get a master's in education. It was a lot of fun. Um, people teach overseas. My oldest daughter actually worked at a women's health care center in Bali called. Bumi Sahat, B-U-M-I-S-E-H-A-T. And I only say that because you should Google it and look at the logo. No, We're no, not going to describe not. it. Just look at no. it. No, you, you can't unsee it. Trust me. <laughs> Don't go look at the logo. But here's the great thing about that. She was able to do things that you couldn't do in America in terms of helping actually deliver babies. Um, so she had experiences she just couldn't have in the U.S. besides just living overseas. So... It's the time of life to do it. Although I like I like this 26 rule of thumb. I mean, obviously you can't do it forever, but it's before you have kids, before you have a huge mortgage. It's the time of life to do it. Yeah, because kids. I oh know my we've gosh, talked about kids. this before, but once you have kids, like that needs they to become your focus. They ruin everything. Well, they don't ruin everything, <laughs> but I mean, you got to do this stuff before you have kids. Really. Right. You're not gonna because you're not gonna go to Bali with a toddler and be like, sit there and wait while I deliver this baby. Right. Yeah. Kids and mortgages and other big adult, big adult things. Obligations. I, I wish I had done like a ESL in Japan or something like that. I wish I'd done that. I regret that I didn't do that. But I instead was like working in DC at a PR firm and schlepping it. My now wife and then girlfriend, uh, we were looking at becoming tutors with the circus. They need um, people to travel with the circus and teach the kids of the circus performers. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have learned how to do the trapeze. Bonus. Would they really teach you that? I'm sure. That? I'm sure. It would have been awesome. Well, go ahead and feed the lions, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy here, who owes you some math homework, will show you how. So I actually did some interesting, just at a side, I dug into the Peace Corps a little bit, and it turns out that there are only 220,000 people who have served in the Peace Corps. I thought the number would be millions of people yeah. because it's almost like a cliche to be like, I'm going to go serve in the Peace Corps. There are only six, sixty, only 6,800 people are currently serving in the Peace Corps, wow. mostly in Africa. And there's so many of those Teach for America. I actually was going to teach uh, in L.A. with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps originally, and then I just stayed in the Washington, D.C. There's so many. I looked at a program where you could teach in Prague 
How cool would have that been? I know. Yeah. And this is the this is the one where we're trying to tell you we we told you that you were going to learn from our mistakes, and this is I feel like maybe one we have major regrets. We have some regrets. Let them be life lessons for you. <laughs> go have go have fun and do wild, crazy things because we told you to for a while safely until twenty six. That's right. And then you got to get your act together. <laughs> All right, Diana. So for a lot of grads, of course, the most important thing is going to be getting a job. Yeah. Uh, Looks like so. The numbers I found was that like the unemployment rate for recent grads was about eight point five percent, but about forty four percent are underemployed, which means they're in a job that didn't demand a degree. Yeah, are those depressing numbers? I didn't think they were that depressing. Well, getting a job where you're not using your degree that's mm-hmm. understandable because maybe you've got a degree in history of women's studies courses. <laughs> so, right. uh, but. It's great to get your foot in the door in the industry that you want to be in, but but when you graduate, be willing to take the low-paying job or the low-paid or even unpaid internship because yeah. it's all about making connections there. And it's all about getting on the job experience, even if it's not specifically something you're going to do, being in the environment that you that you want to be in. You might actually discover that you don't really like that industry. I know so many lawyers. I said I know so many ex-lawyers. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a really good point. But here, making connections um, and just finding something to do with that company. And if you have not yet graduated, here's a time to think about maybe getting a part-time job at while you're still in school at a company that you're interested in. So a friend of mine started working for Patagonia just in retail and. She's so great, really smart, uh, reliable, was offered you know, management p- manager positions in that, but also started talking to them about like their online presence there and doing things for outreach. So those are the she has the connections because she's actually been there. She's not someone just coming off of the street making a cold call right. and calling corporate. Just a resume. At that point, you're just a resume. Yeah, really. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so. In addition to slumming it in your basement apartment with old 70s shag carpet with five guys, right. <laughs> also think about slumming <laughs> it on the job a little bit. It's not beneath you. Right. It's really a good, it's a good strategic move for, for job hunters. It's easy to think it's beneath you though, right? Because you just graduated from college where you were like top of the heap and you just got told, done told that you were, you just accomplished an amazing thing and here's this piece of paper and then you're going to go work at the front desk and you're going to go get coffee and it's going to suck. But we all had to do it. And we've had amazing people work at the front desk here at the Motley Fool who have worked their way into other departments doing some great things. Yeah. I mean, we have, so we have, for example, um, you guys know Adam. He, yeah. um, he used to, so Adam was two years ago making guacamole at Whole Foods, and then he came to work here in an entry-level position in office ops, which are the people who like restock paper towels and clean up the counters and stuff like that. And he, I mean, he was so great that he's now like in charge of a department in our tech team. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just got to get that foot in the door and just like suck it up. Yeah. We have a colleague who back in the early days of the full applied for a job here, didn't get it. And then he said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll work for you for a month for free. You don't want to hire me then? Fine. Okay. You want to hire me? Pay me for the month and give me the job. And he's been here 17 years now, maybe? Something like that. Now, I've talked to some HR people and they said, I hate when people do that. But give it a try, especially if it's a smaller company. Just not here at the Motley Fool. Right. Forget it. It won't work here anymore. It won't work here anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Been done. Buck ruined it for everyone. (laughs) 
All right, so once you get that miserable, low-paying job, bro, what's the best piece of With awesome people. With awesome people and great potential. Right, so to then it's it's to the next thing to do is take advantage of all the benefits and the rule of thumb generally speaking is when a company hires someone they got to pay you a salary and then they're paying at least half that for your benefits your health care your 401k all the other things so if you're not taking advantage of those you're kind of missing out on what they would like to pay you so me being the guy who writes a retirement newsletter the first thing i of course will point out is the 401k at your job and as soon as you start working you can contribute to that um, you want to do it as soon as possible. I have a little math for you here. Bring it. All right. So let's say I my research indicated forty eight thousand dollars of starting salary. So let's say you're twenty two. You make that. You save ten percent into your four hundred one k. You make eight percent a year. By the time you're twenty seven or sixty seven, you have three point seven million dollars. You put that off for Who's five years. Who's the boss now? That's right. You put that off. I'm sorry for ten years, so you don't start until you're thirty two. Now you've dropped to just $2.1 million. So you've missed out Who's on- middle management now? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So the sooner you do it, the better. Now, I do like that I started for 10 years, because I think it is fine for those first few years to do all these other things we're talking about, the, the no-paid internship or going teaching overseas. But by 32, <laughs> by your 30s, you got to start buckling down, at least when it comes to your retirement savings. Because if you wait until you're 40, you're going to have to save like 25, 30% of your compensation if you want to retire in your 60s. So, All right. So what? we've established age 26. 26, that's right. S- start growing up, man. Get a real job and no more overseas free travel for you. <laughs> age 32, you've really got to start growing up. <laughs> We're serious now. Uh, what? What's your piece of advice, though, for people who are like, well, I can pay down my student loans or I can contribute to my 401k? Great question. Um, certainly, if there is a match to the 401k, I think you should participate at least up to that point. That means you put money in and then your employer puts in money as well. There are tax benefits to a 401k that are also going to basically lower the overall cost of you saving. So, if you're putting in 3000 on an after-tax basis, it's actually you're only cutting your salary by 2000 a little bit over that. Um, it depends on the interest rate, yeah. too. Some of those school loans are at 3.5%, 4%. That's pretty low, and it's tax-deductible for most students. If you're getting into the point where they're 7 8 9%, and you can see that on some private loans, then paying that off is it might be your better bet. Yeah, Diana and I we were speaking in front of a women's group, and this what did she have? She was had she had student loan with like 10%. Yeah. Yeah. On her student and that, loans, and that makes that answering Diana that question. Like the girl smacked her in the face. She's <laughs> she just had... like, "Did I mishear you? Like, what? Yeah, what? Who what? lent this?" But it makes answering that question, "What should I do? Invest or pay down debt?" Difficult because yeah. usually when we talked about good debt versus bad debt, bad debt is high interest rates, but um, and credit cards, and good debt lower interest rates and things that appreciate in value or have gotten you uh, something that is going to help you you know improve your human capital to earn right. more in the future and when we're talking about student loans with a ele- with 10% interest rate and a credit card with 11% it's like oh my god yeah, good luck good luck out there right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> rooting for you yeah all right let's move on now that you've got your job and you're contributing and you're acting like an adult the next very adult thing we want you to do is to establish some credit. Yay! Here, the idea you've you've graduated, 
you've gotten a job, you can show earned income, you should get a credit card in your own name. And don't necessarily go for the best rewards card out there or the one with the wingdings and bells and whistles. Those will might cost you. You might have to pay uh, an annual fee for those. But also, those kinds of incentives tend to encourage people to use their card more. And I always say credit cards are a lot like poker chips. They don't really represent cash to people, and their minds are handling it. They're not seeing their capital disappear every time they whip it out. So you tend to spend more on it mindlessly. Get a credit card, use it regularly, pay it off every single month, and that will give the credit reporting agency some good good news about you. So yeah, it'll help you. Yeah, the sooner you establish credit history the better, yeah. and, and good credit history, right? the better your score is going to be. And then by the time you're ready to buy a house, when you're, what, 32? Is that when we decided? Yeah, that's when, it, you're, that's when you're a grown up. Grown yeah. Up. Yeah. 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 26, you've stopped binge drinking. 32, <laughs> you've gotten a house and your own wine fridge at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. All right. So you guys have given us some piece of advice, and I actually have one piece of advice I want to share. Please do. I think it's a really good piece of advice. <laughs> and that piece of advice is to not be a jerk. And the reason why is I wish because, someone had told me that one earlier. I know. Well, <laughs> I'm here to tell you now. The reason why is because when they say it's not about what you know, it's about who you know, it's so true. It is. And it is so important that you have a network of people that are supportive and awesome and that you have not annoyed because they are going to help you immensely. It's actually how I got the job here at the Motley Fool. Because here's a little story. I'm going to take you take you into the wayback machine. I was working someplace else, and every day I would walk to the metro, and I would schlep into D.C. and go work somewhere. And I would walk past the Motley Fool sign on the building. It's on the building here in Alexandria, and I would think, man, wouldn't it be awesome to work there? Because I knew about the company from being younger um, since I was a kid. And obviously, I, I would not have to schlep on the metro to get there. And so one day, while I'm at my job in D.C., I go to do an interview at NPR. And who should I run into but my old neighbor, Diana Yoakum, who I, I don't think I knew you worked at. The, I don't think we knew each other very well. No, you had moved out of the building pretty soon after yeah. I had moved in. And I don't think I knew you worked at the Motley Fool either until we were at that NPR interview. But it was because of her, um, you know, I emailed her later and I was like, hey, do you guys ever <laughs> hire people who do PR? And she said, no, but why don't you come in and we'll talk. And we did. Yep. And because I knew Diana, I was able to get this job. And when I moved in that apartment building, mm -hmm. Allison left home-baked cookies for me on my door, welcoming me. That's right, I did. That neighborhood. That's nice. And look, if I hadn't left those cookies, maybe I, w I probably yeah. wouldn't have left an impression on you, right? and I wouldn't have gotten this job, and I wouldn't be sitting here today with you guys. So it's important to remember to be Make nice. Make cookies. Make cookies. <laughs> be nice to everyone, because you also never know who's going to get some awesome job at some other company that's going to help you leapfrog someplace else. Yeah, a nice little line I read somewhere, and I don't remember where, but it basically is, your career depends on your affability as well as your ability. Getting along with people, being nice, being mm -hmm. courteous, being the type of person that people want to be around, it's very important. Be the type of person that you'd want to work with. Yeah. yeah. Take a shower, that type of stuff. 
All right, well, do you guys have one last piece of advice, not money-related, that you would give yourself? Like, if you could write an email to Robert Brokamp, 20... To, I don't know, when did you graduate from college? When you were 22, 23? 22. 22. Yeah. What would, you, what, what would you write in that email to your younger self? I think I would have done more of the fun stuff that I wanted to, but I was kind of chicken to. So I play guitar a little bit. And I never felt comfortable like being in a band or going with a group of people and saying, hey, I could play guitar. And um, Also, I was English pre-med in college. I think if I were to do it over again, I'd be drama pre-med, and I would have been more into theater. Ooh. I've been to a few musicals over the last several years. I'm like, you know what? I wish I would have given that a try. It's not too late. And it's the kids thing again, you know? I mean, maybe when the kids leave the house and I'll, I don't know what. Have fun again. Maybe, I guess. Maybe you should establish a circus troupe. The there kids. we go. The Brokamp Family Circus. Your daughter's already amazing in gymnastics. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I, we, we see uh, Cirque du Soleil in her future for sure. Oh, it's yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. It's cool. It's fu- when the last course I took in college, I think I was three credits shy, and it could be any class out there. I ended up taking metalsmithing because I'd done nothing in the arts, yet I come from a family of artists and musicians. Yeah, and I, you do. And I, I, you know, played music all my life. But the last course was metalsmithing, and it was funny because it's like, oh, this talk, where, when am I ever going to use this? Uh, and I really enjoyed it, and I regretted not exploring those kinds of classes before then. And it's funny, it did come in handy not the hands-on part of it, but one of but my second job out of school was writing for a fine jewelry magazine, which also gave me all of that world travel that I had missed out on when I was younger. So I hit the home run there. But having had that experience with metalsmithing, jewelry making, made me better at my job there. I could actually have conversations with these designers and manufacturers more in depth than had I just relied on my own journalism degree. So, But I still regret not doing more of the fun artsy stuff is it is it like just because of who we are that when we look back we regret like the stuff the fun stuff we didn't do is that because of our natures of course everybody regrets the fun stuff but not necessarily like i imagine there's some people who are like man i had way too much fun in college well i I wish i had had more heartbreak But so we're we're relatively financially responsible people. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there. Oh man, I wish I were saving for retirement mm-hmm. earlier. I wish I didn't go into so much debt or things like that. So I think there are people who probably say, "I wish I were more responsible." Man, we should just like go take a day, take a day off, and just we'll all go slack off and do what we want to do. You can go do a metalworking class. I'll join the circus. You'll go to join the circus, and I'll go to Japan. Just try <laughs> for to a talk day. To <laughs> just for a day. Try to teach them English. <laughs> Konnichiwa. Uh, all right, well, that's the show, folks. It's edited by Rick Engdahl. Theme music is composed and performed by Dayana. Our email is answers at fool.com. Let us know what piece of advice you'd give your younger self because it's probably going to be interesting. Also, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and Stitcher because we really love that. Because we love you and hopefully you love us. For Robert Brokamp and Dayana Yoakum, I'm Allison Southwick. Cool on. <laughs>